Richer than you. Fifth and Stony Island. Stony Island Audio. What can I say? I get into it. I really like that intro. Some uh, very keen people in my Discord found the source of that sample. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I thought that was the heist of the century and I was going to get away with it forever. But alas, it was not the case. Curious and and uh, accurate observers were able to track that down. And they talked about it in my Discord and I couldn't believe it. My Discord is a secret Discord. It's part of my secret club on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Open Mike Eagle is the only way to get access to it. So uh, that's a good way to support the show. Good way to support me. I need support sometimes. Woo! Mime Open Mike Eagle. Not Mime Open Mike Eagle. Mime Open Mike Eagle is the version of me that I do not want to meet at all. I'm Open Mike Eagle. This is Secret Skin. This episode of this podcast is an interview with Project Blowed and Good Life Cafe legend Riddlor and Heinz Buchanan. Riddlor is the leader, the founder, co-founder of CVE, one of the OG crews from the Good Life and the Project Blowed. Uh, CVE consists of Riddlor, Fish, Reckless, Trey Loke, uh, Nuvedad, and, and uh, there might be a couple of a couple of heads that I'm missing that have rotated in and out throughout time, but they're a legendary LA underground crew. Riddler himself uh, was at the second ever Thursday that the Good Life ever held, so he missed the first one because they were doing their own. Well, I'll, actually, I'll let him tell the story in the episode. But he went on to be. The backbone of the good life. Him and Fish were known to be the people who play beats for people to rap over at the good life. Um, so it's quite an amazing journey to watch him uh, or listen to him tell the story of coming in there and watching how the whole thing blew up. And CVE has a new album coming out soon, too. So make sure y'all stay tuned for that. It's called Critical Bass Theory. And it's real, real dope. It's real, real good. One of the uh, or a couple of the beats on there were produced by Heinz Buchanan, who we're also speaking with on this episode, who's one of my Project Blowed OGs. He's been a, a producer, promoter, background figure. You may have heard him on Prince Paul albums doing his very excellent um, Barack Obama impression, among other things. He's a very talented man. Um, so we speak with both of them this episode. Speaking of Project Blowed, we got the Project Blowed anniversary coming up i think it's the 28th anniversary and it's on the 28th of december in los angeles you're gonna have ac alone micah nine abrude pigeon john blue and exile it's gonna be all these ogs there i'm gonna be doing a set um it's gonna be an amazing night it always is we wrap your head off every night but it's also really celebratory because we're celebrating the lineage and the legacy of la underground Speaking of shows, thanks to everybody who's come out to me and Video Dave. Um, we've done the East Coast. We did Texas. Every night was amazing. Upcoming this weekend, we got Seattle and Portland. Tickets are low for both of those. And then uh, next month, we pick it back up in the Southwest. We do, we do Phoenix, Santa Fe, Denver, Fort Collins, Salt Lake City, Sacramento, san francisco and i think that's all of them i did not write that down i'm open mike eagle this is secret skin with riddlor and heinz 
Buchanan, part of our L.A. Underground series. Keep on rocking with us. This is Stony Island Audio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Check one, two, check one, two. Welcome to another episode of Secret Skin. We've had a hell of a time lately talking to Project Blow, Good Life, LA Underground, OGs, and we're uh, joined by a couple today. We got Riddler, CVE, and Heinz Buchanan in the house. How how you brothers doing today? Good, man. Yeah, man, I'm good. Cool, cool, cool. So yeah, you know, uh, the the main reason we're here today is to talk about the new CVE album, Critical Bass Theory, which is amazing. We're going to get into that a little bit, but you know, having the legends in on the show, one of the things that's been real cool is to start to like get into the history, the real granular fine points of history with with, mm-hmm. with the legends and and good life and blow and like really talk about it. Yeah, I ain't mad at that either. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, starting starting with you, Red. You know, from my understanding, I mean, from the good life, you right there on day one with it. You know what I'm saying? But even before that, like. What's your what's your your relationship with hip hop? Like, where did that start? My relationship with hip hop started with basically Rapper's Delight, and then later K Day. You mm-hmm. know, once K Day came in and was playing hip hop all the time. You know, um, when I was a little younger in the seventies, I was already kind of into popping and locking a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and when hip hop brought breakdancing back, I hung with the B boys. I really wasn't into breaking like that, but I got into the DJ side of it, mm. and I started DJing. And um, from there, I was such a tough critic of the rappers, of the lyrics I was hearing. I started DJing like 83, 84, ninth grade, and that I didn't want to hear whack rap, mm. even as a DJ. <laughs> so, where, where was you hearing people <laughs> rap a lot? Like, where, what, what spots um, would you go to where you'd be DJing and people to get on the mic? Back then... It really wasn't people getting on the mic that much. The house parties in my right, hood, like right. it was um, two older dudes, a little bit older than me, who rapped. There's um, brothers William Earl and Jimmy Jones. Okay, and they um, and they were funny. They were like gangster comedian rappers, <laughs> the best baggers in the hood. Okay, and they both freestyle, you okay. know. And that's kind of what drew me into hmm. freestyling as a form of rap, because that's how I started. I started like just freestyling. I didn't write raps. I just, you know went free for as long as I could, right. you know, and that was like it until I hooked up with JB, but that was like 84, like around the summer of 84 when I mm-hmm. really got into rapping. And then like The Good Life started, what what year did The Good Life start? The Good Life started in 89, December. Okay, and you was in there from day one, that's true? Um, I wasn't there day one, Fish was, okay. because at that time we were running this club called Planet Comet. That was on Thursday nights. But the last night of our club was the first night of The Good Life. Tell me about your club. I didn't, I'm, I'm completely unaware of that. We wasn't doing it that long, but it was getting a pretty cool following because um, I was already at this time um, friends with Micah, AC, Jupiter. And we all happened to be together that night 
at Planet Comet. Like okay. Divine Styler, those dudes would come through, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a cool spot, but the owner was having some issues. So at that time, we stopped it, but it was the first night of The Good Life. Mm-hmm. So we were all there, and the next night, we all came to The Good Life together. What was that, what was that first time at The Good Life like? Like, what do you remember from it? It really wasn't that many people there. It was many, just us who say? was who was rapping. Yeah. It was probably about twelve people. Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Maybe twelve, thirteen, no more than fifteen people, you know. Um and everybody rapped that was mm-hmm. there basically. Um some of them were involved with this um project that um Arcane Blaze did that okay. was called Underground Radio. Okay. And um, it was a compilation kind of, and CV was on that, you know, and we worked with them a little bit in the, we produced the songs that we did on it and um, did some skits with them and stuff on the album. And it was um, started like the takeover of this um, radio station broadcasting from the Appalachian Mountains, like WKKK broadcasting (laughs) live from the Appalachian, you know, and like we kick in the door, come in, take over, you know, and run this radio program. And so, but this was a compilation. A compilation, yeah. Uh And a lot of the rappers that were there were also a part of that compilation because Arcane Blaze did it and that's B. Hall's son who was running Ooh. the sound right. there. And we already were all friends. We're all a part of this basic thing called African Brothers Collective that would meet like this this whole group of black men and talk about, you know. Man, what happened to that? <laughs> <laughs> we need that back. <laughs> we need it back. For real. Yeah, for real, for, for real. For real, for real. And it was it was, you know, it was this thing we did on Wednesday nights. We'd all meet up at um, these apartments near UCLA where okay. some of the homies went. And that was a common thread is that um, Arcane Blaze went to UCLA. JB Nice from our group went to UCLA and they met there. But this African Brothers Collective brought in people from everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Keila Shirelles, but mm-hmm. he um, does a lot of work like in the hood with like going into the jails and counseling. Okay. He used to do that stuff. Now his wife is on Joe Biden's team. <laughs> like and he's Whoa, okay. like, you know, and he's from Grape Street Watts. You oh, know, okay. <laughs> like and, It's a long way yeah, to the White yeah. House from Grape Street. Long way. Like the African Brothers Collective was a part of that whole thing of getting like working with Jim Brown and stuff too, of okay. squashing that beef that happened in ninety two when mm-hmm. the riots started that kind of that truce that started off in Watts. Yeah. Like they like the original blood and yeah. crypt truce. Yeah. 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 That would it started just in Watts, mm-hmm. you know, a little before the riots. Then when the riots hit it spread mm-hmm. throughout LA. But um we were like having meetings up at Jim Brown House. We were like involved in a lot of stuff, doing stuff with the New African Panthers, doing security at the African marketplaces back then and like wow. and it was just a bunch of brothers, like some college, some from the street, mm-hmm. whatever. Like it ended But everybody up, kinda focused on a goal of, you know, building a community. Yeah. Yeah, because there's people from the nation there, it was mm-hmm. Orthodox Muslims there, it was Christians, you know, no matter what, you know, but we all kind of just sat and had these deep discussions about who we are and what we were wanted out of life. Man, I'm joking, but that's really missing right now. Yeah. Like, I really think about the kind of the kind of uh, value that would have today, you know, and that's stuff that you end up kind of touching on in the album, too, so we'll get back to that, too. You said uh, by 89, CVE was already together since y'all was on that compilation cv was together before that cv mm-hmm. started in well me and jb started rapping together in 1984 okay so i don't and, know jb 
JB Nice was okay. my partner, you know, and um, Fish went to the same high school I went to. Okay. What high he school? He didn't Venice High. Okay. And JB went to Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. But um, Fish didn't start rapping until 87, 88, like right after I graduated from high school. Okay. He started, he was rapping, and then I put him in the group, you know, like, and from that moment, it was like me, Fish, and JB. And that was that version of CVE. But then we were CVP. We're Chillin' Villain Posse. Right. But around that time, we, too many posses, so we <laughs> like, became an empire. Okay, word. Um, so we're going to get back into CV in a minute. You know, Heinz, while we got you here, you've been around forever. But, you know, just since since you haven't been known as an MC, you know what I'm saying? Like, more you know, producer, DJ, you know. It's been more behind the scenes, but like, where where is your what is your origin story when it comes to like good life and 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 blow? Like, where where does it start for you? Well, my point of entry with good life and Project Blowed is actually a Project Blowed, mm-hmm. and I met KRS One. He had gave me this magazine because I'm like I was trying to like how do I get into hip hop? You know, mm-hmm. watching it on TV. Like, what do you do? You know what I mean? So I had no idea it was stuff going on in the city. So he gave me a Rap Pages magazine. And, and you were f- from here? I'm from LA, okay, born right, and raised. Right. So here, not knowing because of, partially because of, you know, the climate of the city. Yeah. You don't go into too many territories if you don't know the people. So you kind of stay where you are, you know, but I get this Rap Pages magazine and I see an ad for B-Boy Kingdom. And uh, it was like, oh, we're looking to hire people, you know, come through, we're trying, we're, we're a, a promotion company. You know, we throw shows and stuff like that. And I ended up at his house. Hmm. <laughs> what year is this? This is, this was 1995. So, and it's had to be in the summer because you, you guys were on tour. Hmm. He was on tour with AC. Okay. I met Jay Smooth. All balls, don't bounce. Yeah, yeah, it was all balls, don't okay. bounce. So they was on tour. I, I pop up at his house. Kinky Red is there and Jay Smooth is there who was running an organization called B-Boy Kingdom. And so I, I went there for a job interview. Word. And was like, I'm here to contribute. Like, <laughs> what do I do? You know? And ever since then, I've just been there. I've been a fixture. Right. Like, whatever it is they needed to do, I just kept my mouth closed and did it. Whatever. Passing out flyers, organizing shows, putting CDs together. Until I started making music, until I got the courage to be like, hey, let me get back there and make some music. Mm-hmm. You, know, you never so. wanted to rap. Uh, not real. I mean, everybody else is rapping. Right. Like what? <laughs> like but what is he can't rap. I yeah, I can rap. Man. But it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. I just there's other stuff to do here. For you sure, know what it I mean? is. Like, I can, I can do is. other things along rap. We got like 300 rappers. You're right. Really, really, really good rappers. So I'll pass out a flyer. I'll sit at the door. I'll do whatever. You know. I do want to take it back to the good life for a second. It's So Red, you were known for like playing beats at the Good Life while you know rappers was on stage, and you know from you coming in, you know the the, the second week and being on the mic, like how do you get into the position of being one of the foundational people with the sounds and make you know part of the foundation of how it happens from week to week? How did you get into that position? Basically, from us being there, 
we were again we were friends with Arcane Blaze who started it, and right. it was based on this tape Underground Radio. That's what the name of the Thursday night was at the Good Life. It was called Underground Radio. Oh, okay. So the <laughs> place was called Good Life. Uh-huh. The actual event is called Underground Radio. Yes. Okay. And it was named after that tape. Gotcha. You know, so um, basically we were there. You mm-hmm. know, and he got a job like in New York working for a magazine. Freestyle Magazine, I think that's the name of it, yeah. And so he ended up moving to New York, and when he left, he asked me and Fish to take over with the sound. We started doing that every Thursday night. So starting off from you getting there and it's 12 people, like, was you able early on to see how important it would become? Not really, you know? That's It was like a place to rap. You know, (laughs) it wasn't a lot of places to rap. And back then, Mm. it wasn't a lot of producers in places to get beats, you know? Like, and... That's what kind of made, like, me and Fish started producing, like, right around the same time, a little before The Good Life started is when we first started even making beats. Mm -hmm. Because before then, we used to have to get beats from other producers. We didn't even really, even we're making beats, we didn't consider ourselves producers. (laughs) This was done out of necessity because it was hard to get a beat back then. Now, you can't imagine it being hard to get a beat to rap Mm -hmm. to. (laughs) Right. What do you think is what made the good life pop off? Like to for to go from the twelve people to where it's like a hundred people in there and a hundred people outside. Like, what do you think it was that caused it to really get noticed and, and attract all of the the, the hip hop in the city to that spot? The openness of it and the like of it being authentic, having the right chemistry to start with, kind of you know, because right. on day one, like the fellowship didn't exist as a group. But Micah, AC, and Jupiter were there, you know? <laughs> right. They were there at the foundation, you know, um, too. And from us being there just all the time, every Thursday, it just, more people just came. It grew gradually. It mm-hmm. wasn't this big thing. And it was one time where, like, they had a contest. A lot of people came. It was weird. You know, the <laughs> yeah, contest you energy is weird. You know, like, then yeah. after that, it <laughs> fell off. Right. And we had to start again. We're like, mm-hmm. no fucking contest. We just like rap, you know, yeah. like had open mic, you know, and the please pass the mic and all that grew organically. Nobody like just like it just happened, you know, from Rifleman Cool Nelm and, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, coming up with this like just on the fly. AC, like, please pass the mic, like, and it just like. And it grew an energy thing. of its yeah. own. Y'all clap it up a little bit. We're about to go to please pass the mic. Word of us. So, like you said, the fellowship wasn't a thing, then they came together. Got signed, uh, Unity Committee, you know, ultimately becoming Jurassic Five. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so there's obviously- Unity Committee and Rebels of Rhythm. Rebel, Rebels of Rhythm, <laughs> right, come together to make um, Jurassic Five. So obviously there's business, there's music industry people who are coming around now and peeping people and signing people, Volume 10. Around that time when dudes are talking to labels, I mean, is, is CVE talking to labels? Are the music industry people coming to get at y'all as well? Not really, but we weren't even trying then. We didn't Uh even, during the good life, 
we would only put out like beat tapes. We wasn't even putting out so people much of vocal y'all stuff. Was you know, like we that. were rapping in there, but like we're recording at home on the four track, and we just weren't cool with the sound, so we wasn't putting it out. I you see. Know? I see. And it was stuff that leaked out, you know, mm-hmm. and we would perform, but we, um, until the Project Blow album came out, that was probably the first stuff that people heard of us. In the new frontier drop, now roll over, play dead boy. If you wanna stay fed up with these dog trainers, set chronic granites, I'm one of those chronic complainers. CV's able, so now they wanna caters, put it all on the table. Take away the fables, afterlife the label. Dysfunctional family, punctual to battle, still highly unstable. We blow the projects, collect our props and pay respect back. You gotta respect black, cause once you lose that, you lost it all. Buckle up, prepare for your downfall while we keep this underground, y'all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You just mentioned uh, the Project Blow compilation, which was huge a hundred different ways. And and you just said, like, this is the first time people hearing you rap. And there's the compilation. There's also, like, the end of the good life and the beginning of this other thing. Did you feel like it was time to do something different? Because it wasn't the good life. From my understanding, it wasn't, like, over, over when Project Blow started. But did you feel like it was time for, like, a new scene after a while? It was definitely time for it, you know. It was, we outgrew the good life, Mm. basically, you know, Mm -hmm. and we needed our own structure, our own place that was done under B-Hall and you for positive alternatives. You know, we wanted kind of to build our own, you know, thing and do it a different way. But out of respect, we didn't start until 10 o'clock, you Mm -hmm. know, when the good life stopped, right right? when they started nine o'clock or whatever. We started like when they were ending, we Mm -hmm. started, we didn't, you know. Because they started early, so mm-hmm. we didn't step on their toes even with the time that was on the same night. Do you remember anything about recording songs like uh, Jurassic? And when it comes to new style, new style, like I do love two style, ooh, who are these MCs with their filthy paws on my suki draw styles up from the bottom of my well? Why suckers put their ear to that nigga fish shell to hear a new style, a 32 style? And mono, I know it seems that maybe you kind of overlooked it, but nigga, you knew that that was Like, what do you remember about putting that compilation together? And with Jurassic, I took some beats I made to studio. AC had a session up at Paramount Studios, and he's like, come through with some beats, you know? Yeah. And I brought, that was a beat that I brought through, and we just kind of like, we're all there, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And kind of just went in there and did it. We recorded that song not for any album or anything. We we just did it. AC was doing working on some stuff and he had like working some on free time and, and okay. we just like recorded a couple songs. Uh-huh. You know, they weren't for anything. When that compilation comes out though, one thing I was saying that was real cool was that, you know, they put y'all put the address on there for people to get in touch with y'all. And you said at AC's sister's house they had like garbage bags full of fan mail. And that was one of the ways he saw the impact. And I was wondering, like, were you able to see the impact pretty quick or did it take a while to see how important this compilation was? The impact was immediate after Mm. hearing it. There was maybe two songs made for that. All the other songs were just, like, aggregated from songs people had that they 
just had when collecting songs. Fish and AC and Ab put it together and did all the in-between stuff. Fish did a lot of that stuff, you know, too, like the little segues and stuff in between songs. Speaking of uh, songs getting repurposed, a song like Cali Stylics, famous CVE routine. Reach two, three, four, the mic, two, three, four, one. See your skills when you're building that body so that you can start six, seven, eight. Now stretch two, three arms, four, one. One of these wacky MCs, we want to show you style the nine, five, six, seven, eight. Now turn to the twisted and mix it for one. How did that routine come about? Was that something y'all used to do at shows? Yeah, it was something we did at shows. But um, when Fish wrote the song, though, I wasn't there again. That was that same. I was out on tour with AC <laughs> during all about on that tour, you know, yeah. and I made those beats and Fish went through and found that one and wrote that to it. <laughs> like, mm. And when I came back, he had that. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> that is dumb. <laughs> How did it end up on All Balls? Or, or I know it's 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 definitely part of the video for Mike Check yeah. off of All Balls. How did that end um, up? And how did that AC song wanted up? it right there. That's what's up. <laughs> That's what's AC up. AC wanted that. He wanted our song to start his video off. And Hines, so like you know, now we into the Project Blow era. Like you know, what's your earliest memories of being around the collective and watching it all grow and happen and being a part of? It? My earliest memories is being at the shack. CV shack. CV shack, seeing Fish, Kinky Red, you know, the whole West Coast headquarters, people putting together CDs, it was clipboards, people recording. My time at The Good Life was basically, I mean, not The Good Life, The Blow, Chaos Network was working the door. But I definitely was uh, amazed. What year was it when you, when you, when you I said 95. 95. Okay, yeah. so, so this, this is, is like 95. That, and probably this is, like, is that the height? Would you say that's the height of like I mean, it's blow? not height, but it's peaking. peaking it's there. Right. It's like everybody there is like, like I looked at everybody and was like, oh, you guys can all be signed. Uh-huh. Because... My perspective, you know, we grew up watching Rap City, stuff like that. So I'm looking at everybody like, holy shit, everybody here, everybody right here can have a career. I couldn't believe it. On another thing, like LA is known for gangster rap. That's a part of the culture, but I didn't hear that coming out of, it was like different, alternative, not what you expect. The shit was like the future though too. You know what I mean? At the same time, like, are you here? I hear raps now for the past 30 years of hearing rap. I hear stuff like, man, that sound like something I heard at the blog. Sound like a song I heard back then like to this day you know it's funny you know too I mean? like, cause again i keep <laughs> i keep wanting to hold the album you know the 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 critical bass theory talk later but stuff keeps popping up because that's one thing that like i really felt and i keep feeling every time i listen to the album it's like this sound like everything happening right now but it's also what cve been doing this is how we start every morning with so much bass that you can feel it vibrate every organ shaking the floor in your dorm and awaken the dormant it's quite alarming when the bass keep the wind blows like formants back in its prime when i put my styles upon these beats they shuffle like ollie's feet if there's a greatest it's probably me so let it rest on cve let them test and we i just wonder you know to be legendary in it, to see the seeds of styles that you was involved in in the, in the birth of, like, take over the world. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, like, I'm wondering, you know, just from your position, like, what it feels like to hear how big them styles are now, how everybody knows them, but for you to invent it a lot of that. Like, how does that feel? I mean, it just is what it is. I just love hearing the music and hearing mm. it, like, and people that do it good and be like, dang. That's it. You know, that's what we've been doing and developing for years. And it's good. No matter how they got it, Mm. it's good to see that it's spreading because, you know, just like genes, they just passed on. You know, like 
So it ain't, you know, I'm not tripping off of how they got it or where they got it from or if they know the origin of it. They just, if they do it well, you know. That's a, a very mature way to look at it. And I know at different times, you know, heads ain't always been that mature about, you know, people taking styles, biting styles or whatever. Have you always kind of held that sort of mature way of looking at it? Or is that something you had to grow into over the years? It's something I grew into, but I think it was always there underneath. But, mm. you know, but the ego and other stuff on top of it, you know, and I had to chisel down, back down to that. Because that's, you know, that's the foundational anyway, because mm-hmm. that's how we come in and that's how we learn. We all learn from mimicking. Right, you know? right. At the end of the day. That's yeah. the only way we learn. That's the things humans do better than anything else is mimic. Right. Look at what somebody <laughs> else is doing and try yeah. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And do it well. Right. <laughs> right. Take it and Or better. Wrong yep, way. Or yeah. better. Yeah. Or improve it. Do you have different goals in making music now than you did before? Not really, because I make music because I love to make music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's the goal is to like get it off and do what I love to do and like, you know, put my mind at rest, you know? Mm. So that's what I do music for. It's not, you know, I never did it to, I never wanted to be on a label and have to turn music into work and have like, have an album out by this deadline and it gotta have this single on it. And like, that's the whole politics mm-hmm. of that seemed like it would have turned rap into something that I don't like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, you got a solo album called Everything You Need to Know to Make It Big in the Music Industry. I have been blessed with these secrets on how to succeed, how to make it as a success in this business. And I can give you a few tips on how you can do it too. This is what you do to get the industry to like it. You get yourself a killer click and get yourself a striker too. There's a lot of rappers if you have to even fight a few. This is not the A&R you know, talking, now they hyping you. Hit rappers for hire saying your name, they talk about sniping you and never stop to ask yourself. How deep did you get into it? Did you have experiences that started to ruin what you got out of making music? Like going down like the industry route? I never went down that route. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing is like, I seen it. I seen people who went through it. I talked to my friends who were signed and some of them like stories is like you know man this is like it's not what they expected so I never really wanted that anyway from like early like we put out a couple demos like in the 80s me and JB and sent them to a few record labels and stuff and for some reason didn't like that (laughs) you know Mm. didn't even like that part of it and from there we made our first Album, you know, not album, but our first single in like 1988 on right. our, by ourselves, you know, just like did it. Like, we're gonna, you know, fresh out of high school, put out our own wax, and from there wow. we started making tapes, posters, t shirts, just doing it ourselves on our own time and not even really worrying about being a official record business business like that. That's real, more comfortable uh, being able to do it your own way. Yeah, yeah, that's real. It's interesting to think about that, especially with this new album, because like, you know, you, you put on these songs and like I said, like, this is what y'all have been doing, but it's also real vital and real current. Like, and it's it sounds real good and it sounds like, oh, this could be on the radio. All that I know is that you're all liable. What you about to encounter is called, I don't know. It's off title slow. You will not bite the flow. Yeah, right. They think it takes one like the blow. So what you think is going to happen when we come with three? Move as nigga fish. All right. D. D. L. O. R. E. Good riddance. Could you see how the CV do these things? What things? Busting like it's so easy. 
with this new stuff, is there any thought of like trying to get it out through some of them other channels and 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 seeing what could happen with it? Um, no, it's just that we can do it like this now at home. What we always did is make it sound as best as we can ourselves right. at home in house, you know. And Fish Son is good at mixing and getting that sound out, and he worked at it, and he did. He might he might have mixed album three or four times before he was satisfied with the way it sounded. And now he wish he could go back and do it again. <laughs> wow. Okay. And Fish Son, you said that's no words. Yes, no He's words. He's got a, a few beats on the album. Yeah. And uh, Hines, you got a couple of beats on the album too. What was it like for you working on this new project? This was very exciting because these are my big brothers. I'm a big fan of them. You know what I mean? I've been watching them record. Rid and Fish put me in the studio first. Mm. They started me doing production then get on my journey. And then we continued on. Rid and I was software with Fruity Loops back mm. in 2003 and four. Continue making music, you know, into this journey. And now being able to uh, contribute to a couple tracks to them is like, it's, I'm very proud of Those beats he made are killer. Yeah, they are. And he made those beats. He makes those beats on his iPhone. Wait a minute. Because on the song, somebody say that. You still a G or you can help me put it out. Good looking out. Then we push it out. But you got to understand what it's really all about. The independent route getting to the sound. The homie made this off the iPhone. Then he sent it to the cloud. We can celebrate here by letting up around. CVE, nigga, world renowned. I've been making on my iPhone for about seven years now. So, like, what do you, what, what program? <laughs> well, I mean, is, is either, it, is it either Garage Band or like, yeah. it's music. I taught myself how to make music. Like, I kind of got a natural, like, if I hear a song, I know what the chords are doing naturally. So, I can kind of do it, take it from there and then do my own thing or whatever. That's how I kind of learned to make music by hearing music and just playing it. The iPhone allows me, the technology allows me to do that. I don't have to sit there and practice for hours or do, I can arrange. I know how to arrange whatever kind of song you tell me. I can kind of do that. Is there any limitations to it, you know, having a small screen to work with or anything like that? Like, no, nah, because the music is there. It's not, I don't even, just give me something that can make some music. <laughs> give me a rubber band. Give me a drum. You know what I mean? I'm like one of those. Like, if I can make sound out of it, I can make a song. From That's it. what's up. You know, we are adults here, uh, and kids and all of that. And uh, and one thing I was Grand curious. Grandkids. Grandkids. Oh, yeah. Pop pop. Wrap it up. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Grandkids. That's what's yeah, up. Yeah. That's hard. Wow. Um, but I'm curious, uh, you know, because we, we talked about you making this album. And, and I guess the first question is, did y'all have any difference in, in, in y'all's approach as CVE? And, and this time, CVE is, is Red Fish, Reckless. Who else would Nube you say? Nube 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 uh-huh. Okay. Uh, is this current iteration for this album. Did you have any different approach in mind with making music this time versus times in the past like versus older cve projects only me maturing mm-hmm. <laughs> you know getting older maybe some slightly different expression saying some things are uh, differently or you know just where i am now but right. as far as the goals and everything still the same when it's a cve song it's a cve song we just got this chemistry that right. you know and new he's been doing songs with for the last probably like what, 15, 15 years? years? Yeah. yeah. About 15 years, yeah. yeah. Y'all got different styles. And I think them different styles are reflective of like y'all's different personalities. How does it all fit together so easily? Like, what, what do you think it is that like makes it where these different personalities, these different styles can come together and make something that's like definitively like CBE? 
we're not competing with each other for one, you know. We're kind of like family outside of music. And we just got this, me and Fish too, we got this chemistry that go all the way back, you know, right. and us making beats together. A lot of it was collaborative and shared to where I could walk away from a beat halfway done and he'll walk in the room and just and finish it and do something with it. It may be totally different from what I left and be like, oh, that's dope though, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I guess that trust, right? right? Like, because... You know, if you look at the fellowship, they be trying to take each other's head off on the song. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I do think it's it's cool. And I never thought about it that way, but I feel like that's that's a real important point is that y'all never really sound like y'all trying to like outdo each other. It's everybody's doing their own thing to the music. And it's kind of like a, it seems like a us versus them thing, like a CVE versus the world thing versus like CVE versus each other. But what I was going to get to too is how do these new life experiences new responsibilities how do they affect what you do in the studio or, or or when you're writing or when you're recording like what do you feel like has been the difference that all these life experiences have given you a different perspective on a lot of things you know like because i've grown a lot since those days and a lot of you know my opinions have been more refined than they were then you mm. know on things like and I'm not as judgmental and harsh as I used to be on certain things. And I'm, you know, just more laid back <laughs> on life, except for when it comes to the treatment of our people, you know, mm. in the system. And, you know, uh, you know, I'm developing more some sympathy and empathy and compassion for the people, but less tolerance for systems of power, you know, that oppress us. And that gets at something I really want to point out to me is like one of my biggest takeaways from the album is that like, like critical base theory is a great title, but I think you could just see that and think it's a, it's a cool little play on words. But then when you really listen, like, no, y'all have a lot to say. Hello and welcome to Critical Base Theory. All right, today we're doing a little bit of a public service, which is Critical Base. Theory doesn't have to be difficult. Oh, we're going to chop it up about Critical, 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 critical base theory, 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 critical base. What does that do to a? You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't outright political. Y'all still having a good time and and you know emceeing and all that. But I really think there's a lot of real straightforward messages on here. Like, you really get a sense of who y'all are and how y'all feel about things happening in life. Wanting to drive down the street without worrying about getting beat by a race motherfucker that's carrying heat. Act like they want me six feet deep. Me trying to go from A to B. They want to escalate the shit to Z. And I'm not trying to be history while they on some white supremacy. But seeing through they white sheet and they authority when they ain't acting accordingly. Saying I'm being disorderly because I don't trust. What do you think has motivated you to be more outward with like politics in the music these days? I think I've always been pretty outward with politics mm. and my music, you know, right. <laughs> especially when it comes to me, you gotcha, know, gotcha, in gotcha. the group, you know, mm -hmm. so it's just, you know, my views may have shifted some or got more focused. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. uh, I can't even say broadened, but more focused, focused you mm -hmm. know. What is, so, what is the focus on? The focus is on freedom, liberation, and people to be themselves, mm. not to be confined and constricted by what somebody tell you you should be or who you should be or how you should be or who you should love or any mm. of those things. It's like, you know, if you hating on love, you got a problem. You know, <laughs> if it's two people in love and you think there's something wrong with that, there's something wrong with you. That's real. 
these perspectives and they sound like they do, but I, you know, I want to, I want to confirm that for you, that it goes back to like stuff that y'all would talk about in like the African Brotherhood Collective. Like, does it spring from there and continue all the way into now? Yes, it's definitely a continuation for me, you know, mm. that I take those same foundation I had then, you know, and move forward with it, you mm. know, and I try to spread it and teach with my music too like you know not lecture but still teach and have lessons in the music for people you know mm-hmm. not just music to party to sometimes it's braggadocious and mc shit because that's what we do you right. know? but at the same time you know there is a message in it and there is you know something in it that you can take away just for people who don't usually get to hear your voice uh, in speaking terms, but, you know, they mostly hear you as an MC or you as a producer, like, you know, what message would you want to leave people if, if, if they're hearing your voice for the first time right now? Be open. Mm-hmm. Love, you know. It's <laughs> real. Love life. Love who you are, you know. And love music because music helps you in that process of healing and being you, you know. Because music is pure expression. Real. Very real. What about you, Heinz? I would say love and empathy, some thought, you know, have and kind words to people, mm-hmm. and also give people some grace. That's real. Well, um, let everybody know where they can find you. The main place to find me is probably on Instagram, RiddlerCV, R-I-D-D-L-O-R-E-C-V. I'm on Instagram too, Heinz Buchanan, and Twitter. You can find me both those, H-I-N-E-S-B-U-C-H-A-N-A-N. Well, um, privileged to have y'all here. Big respect to the whole legacy of CVE and being architects of the good life and the blow and foundations of this L.A. underground scene that has given so much to to so many people. So just really just want to say thank y'all for that. I'm really excited for people to hear this new album, like, you know what I'm saying? I really feel like this Thank this you. can really go. This can really do something. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, when are people going to be able to hear it? Or I'm not sure if there's a definitive date yet, but... Um, right now, the vinyl's being printed, so mm-hmm. we're waiting for that to come back. But in the meantime, we're going to drop a single probably around December 15th, somewhere around there, drop a single. And the CD will be coming out shortly after that, before the vinyl come out. We're only doing... Probably a couple hundred copies of this vinyl, so mm-hmm. you know. It's so get it. So when you, when you see it go and up, it's double vinyl it. too. Yeah. When you see it go up, go grab it and make sure y'all tap in with the music. Appreciate y'all. Mm-hmm.